Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November the 21st, 2016. Remember this date, it's so important, because today we are starting our journey again in the big book, and we're going to begin on the very first title page that reads, Alcoholics Anonymous, how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And today, the 12 steps will be read by Esther F. The 12 traditions will be read by Jamie B. And the readers of the text today are Camilla G, Rebecca F, and Lisa B. Now the reference number for yesterday, our special edition, which was Sunday, November 20th, 2016, is 9278. That's 9278. And it was entitled The Attitude of Gratitude, presented by the Fellowship of OA, this group, A Vision for You. Um, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to please read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. And thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Jamie B. to please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Star one to one mute. Uh, Sorry. Jamie? Okay. I'm okay. here. Uh, thank you for the service. Uh, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group should be, has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name never ought to be drawn in a public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I'll pass. And thank you for your service, Jamie B., How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Now, to share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. 
Now, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study. We're going to have a beautiful day today. We're starting in the big book over again on a new journey. And we're going to begin on the title page, which says Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm going to ask our first reader, Camilla G., to please begin reading. Good morning. This is Carmela G. from New York. Um, thank you for your service, Janice, and thanks for allowing me to do service. The title page, Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. Fourth edition. Every time I begin with a new sponsee, this is the page we begin at. And um, there's, there are only a few words on this page, but there is great hope on this page, and it's the page of the first promise. First of all, anonymous. When you're telling someone they're going to begin on this journey, they have to realize that it will be a safe journey, that they will be protected on this journey. And then the story of how many thousands, the hope that we can see that we could be one of thousands who can recover if we are willing to work the program. So I have this labeled as the first promise. And there's nothing more as exciting as to begin a journey and know that there are promises to be revealed, provided we do our share. So thank you for allowing me to read this morning. Have a beautiful day. And thank you so much, Carmela G. All right, we're going to open up the meeting to anyone that would like to share on the title page. Carla G. Nessa R. Nessa R. Kim. Kim G. Carol, Carol G. Okay, I have Harlan G. Nessa, uh, I think it was Kim G. I heard it right. And then Carol G. Let's go with those four. Good morning to you, Harlan. <laughs> Good morning, and thank you for your service this morning. Wonderful to be on the line. Um, because of a snafu at AA, there is something missing from the fourth edition that I think is very, very important for us to consider besides the obvious fact of this sentence, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. I mean, that you know, alone is, is, is huge. I mean, that, you, you, can't get, you can't get bigger than that. But what's missing here, and if you look at previous editions of the book, what you're going to find is the AA symbol. And the AA symbol is a triangle encased in a circle. And let's take for a second, a minute, to see that on the left side of the triangle is the word unity. On the right side is the word service. And on the bottom, the base of the triangle, is the word recovery. That if we are to have unity, and if we are to do service, it must be based on a foundation of recovery. 
how many times in my life have I seen people trying to split apart the meeting, split apart OA. I mean, every time you blink, there's another offshoot group starting up. If we are to have unity in OA, if we are to have successful service, it must be based on the foundation of recovery. And let's for a second consider the circle, an ancient symbol of perpetuity. A woman asked me, who might be on the line this morning, in New Jersey, at the noon break on a Saturday when I was doing a retreat there, a big book retreat there, she came up to me innocently and said, may I call you after I'm done with the steps? And I looked at her and said, no. She looked at me as if I had three heads. And I said to her, because when you are done with the steps, you will be dead. We work the steps in perpetuity. We work the steps in unity. We work the steps in service, and we achieve recovery. The story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. Now, is my interest peaked? You bet it is. Because I have been struggling with the most vicious eating disorder in the world that was ripping me asunder, ripping me apart, that took every dream I ever dreamed and made it into trash. And these are people that have recovered. Am I interested? You bet I am. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you so much, Alan G. Okay, Nessa R., it's your turn. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., and how exciting to be starting all over again. Um, you know, just make sure to publicize this at all the meetings that you go to because it's exciting um, and easier for people to start when something is, is beginning from the very beginning. And for me, the cover page has the first two promises in the book. Um, the first is, uh, for me, the word recovered. You know, it tells me that it is possible to recover from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, something that I tried. Um, for many decades in so many different ways and failed. You know, sometimes I thought I succeeded because the weight came off, but, you know, ultimately I failed because the weight came back on. And the second promise is the story of how. This book is going to tell me how to actually do it, and this is what I've been searching, you know, all my life. You know, I remember so many different times that I saw uh, friends, family, neighbors, acquaintances, um, lose weight and rushing to ask him, how did you do it? How did you do it? And, you know, sometimes those solutions seem workable and sometimes they didn't seem workable, you know, but I was always interested, but I never really found the answer. And so this is the next promise. It's going to tell me how to do it, how to get recovered. And those are, um, you know, when I'm at the very beginning, the most beautiful promises I can hear. Uh, when I'm working with a new sponsee, somebody who is either new to the program or somebody who has been struggling, you know, we spend a great deal of time looking at this page. You know, I don't skip, I don't skip the title page. I don't skip the preface. I don't skip the forward. For sure, I don't skip the doctor's opinion. But I know a lot of people do overlook this page, and it just um, 
you know, the most beautiful promises in here, and I pass. You call me Janice, I was unmuting. Janice, we don't hear you. Oh, sorry. I'm just trying to have everybody mute their phone so that you could uh, you can talk and with clarity. And uh, it is your turn, Kim G. Please. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. How many thousands of men and women have recovered? from alcoholism. You know, I have to say that word really tweaked me when I came into a big book meeting and heard that. But I have to tell you, recovered now is the most humble thing that I say on a daily basis. Because, you see, for 17 years in Overeaters Anonymous, I said I was recovering. And what that meant to me is that I would muscle my way through the day, white-knuckling it, one day at a time, staying abstinent by, by keeping on guard and using self-will. You know, on page 59, it says, these are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. You know, it's popular in my area to have these relapse and recovery meetings, but what I realize now is what that meant to me for 17 years is I would get on my diet, and then I would pick up. And I would get back on track, and I would pick up. And this would happen over and over and over again. That wasn't relapse and recovery. That was the progression of my illness as the periods of control became less and less. So if I want to recover from this disease, first of all, I have to acknowledge what it is. You know, I have two, a two-fold illness. One is I have an allergy of the body, which means I can never, ever, ever ingest those foods again. And the solution to that is abstinence. And if that was my only problem, then getting on a diet would be enough. But see, I have this mental twist. I have this mind that no matter how much human aid I try to employ, it will always convince me to pick up that first bite. And the solution to that is to do the steps. And when I do the steps, a power greater than myself will remove my mental obsession to eat. Because I do not white-knuckle it today. The obsession has been removed. I'm in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I have not sworn off. I am not cocky or I'm afraid. So when I say I'm recovered, to me, this is the culmination of the third step prayer. Take away my difficulties. My difficulties with, with suffering from this compulsive overeating disease so that I can bear witness to those I would help, those of you who are still in this line suffering absolutely in terror about Thursday being Thanksgiving. And I'm going to bear witness to you of his power, his love, and this way of life, because it's not me. It is God that is doing this for me, or that God of your understanding. So when I say that I am recovered, I am offering hope and possibility, and I will not apologize in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for people who are uncomfortable with that word, because I am talking to the person who needs to hear that, who has to understand that one day at a time is not about white knuckling your disease. One day at a time is when you have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps and you are recovered, that you have the ability to have that on a daily basis as long as you continue to do the work. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Kim G. I apologize for the um, distraction. I don't know who that was, so um, at least it's stopped right now. So we're going to go on with Carol G, please.
Carol G. Uh, I think you maybe uh, unmute yourself because I believe that the line is muted. Star one to one. Oh, Carol. Thank- yes, mm-hmm. thank you. I, th- I think the line was muted for the sound. Thank you, Janice. It's Carol G. Compulsive Eater recovered for today. And thank you, Harlan, for bringing up the circle and triangle. Um, I think I'll share on that, actually. Um, The missing circle and triangle that I still got in my third edition copy, um, Recovered for me, means that I'm now living in my circle and triangle and I am whole. (laughs) But I first have to see with with my prospects when I look through the book is, and this particularly this first page, is that I have to have body sobriety. I have to know the truth about my body and its physical deterioration. And in my circle and triangle, I found wholeness. But on page one, I will tell a prospect, the first thing you need to compartmentalize is this circle and triangle and look at this physical element first. Because for me, I have to have unity in my body, but I have to see that I'm not just a blob of plastic and I'm aging and I'm changing. And am I as 100% abstinent as I was in 2013? Because the body that I have today is not the same body that I had then. It was it was evolving and changing. And this is on my mind today because I'm working with other people and I'm seeing the red flags in their life and they're showing me the, one, the ones in my own. It's really human nature to blur out the edges over time. Bodies are really fabulous, but they always have to maintain that sobriety. And what I find really helpful for newcomers um, and long-timers when we're talking about this page particularly around that, that physical element is withdrawal sensations. Um, many people get that invisible pull to act out with food because of that physical allergy, that elusive craving. And when I go into a withdrawal from a substance, or a food behavior, I will just sob and cry because I want my extras and I want my large portions and my meal will not feel right without a certain flavor or texture that I'm craving. And it's my body that's craving it, nothing to do with my thinking and that's why I tend to compartmentalize it to begin with. So for me, if I overdose on something physically, then I'm not 100% abstinent. And sometimes if I bring it to someone else's attention in a call, They'll become full of excuses and justifications, and I know it's got them in that lethal grip. Um, And many people who rationalize and go back to the food again, you know, they lose that body wholeness, and I really don't want to lose that wholeness, that one-ment with my higher power, that one-ment with the program, that unity with the fellowship. It's just a fabulous place to be. And bodies don't react in a textbook manner, and neither does my thinking, and my spiritual malady is there as well. And I've practiced timing myself, and that's me done. Thank you, and I'll pass. <laughs> that's cute, Carol G. Okay, would anyone else like to comment Julie R. on? This is Larry. Uh, let me hear Julie R., and then I heard Larry. Anyone Reva else? Leah M. Reva P. and Leah M. We'll go with those four. And we'll begin with Julie uh, Ripka. Ripka? That's a oh. yes. Okay, that's all. Let's stop there, okay? And so we can get Julie R. up. Please go ahead, Julie. Hi, thank you. This is Julie R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And, you know, for me, that statement, how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism? You know, that's that first promise of hope for me because I never had hope. And I, like the others who shared before me, I have that, the triangle written on on my first page here. 
And, you know, the unity, the service, the recovery. So the unity, right, is that body that's found in the fellowship. And we have that, our 12 spiritual principles, which are, you know, the 12 traditions, page 562 to 566. And then for the service is the spirit found in carrying the message. And for me, that's something I have to do every day. And I have, you know, the 12 concepts, which are on page 574 and 575. And the recovery, which is the recovery of the mind, which is found in the big book, obviously, from the XXV to page 164, the set of the principles. And, you know, I have to ask myself questions. You know, am I part of a group that I'm committed to? Am I working with others on a continual basis? You know, what am I doing to improve my mind? What am I doing? How am I working the 12 steps? Am I continually actively working the 12-step process that's outlined in this big book, not anything else? And I, for me, this is so key because I cannot just work one part. This is the complete circle, the triangle of my life. There is no program. There is not my life. My program and my life are intertwined. And for me, that word recovered, yeah, recovered, not cured. I am not that same person that used to eat out of the garbage can. I am not that person that would lie and cheat and steal. You know, I am a woman of substance now only because I've gone through this 12-step process and I live, yes, live in those growth steps. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Julie R. Okay, Larry Kay, it is your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Thanks for your service, Larry Kay, a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So the uh, this word, you know, becoming recovered is not a measurable, quantifiable phenomenon, nor is being, you know, recovered a quantifiable weight on a scale. This is not a, a race to be won or a trophy to be earned or even a, a bad feeling to be temporarily assuaged. You know, it was funny, while, while Bill, Bill W. Was, was drying out in Towns Hospital in 1934, Ebby brought him a copy of, of William James's book, The Variety of Religious Experience. And Bill was struck by James, uh, William James saying that the, the common denominator of, of spiritual experience, of a spiritual experience, is pain and utter hopelessness. Now, that's not necessarily a message of hope, right? We're talking about pain and utter hopelessness. In other words, it's through deflation and the depth of despair that we're pulled back from the quicksand. Now, that's a pretty interesting thing because here we are. We arrived, I don't know about you, but I arrived to these rooms. Um, I was in despair. I was miserable. I was a miserable wretch, really. I don't know what your experience was, but that was mine. And it was in, I learned, come into these rooms, and, and, and some of these people, a few, were talking about being recovered. And, they were, and, they, and their lives were different. They were transformed. And here I was, practically in tears. Two broken marriages. Lots of broken windshields. All kinds of men. Oh, but I looked good on paper. Did I tell you that? I looked really good on paper. And I wasn't morbidly obese, although I was, boy, about 100 pounds heavier than I am today. And, uh, but I was just, I was the walking, walking zombie dead. And, uh, and, and when you hear some people talk about hope here, that this, this, this not a quantifiable phenomena, but what it is is we're brought into an alignment with our higher power by becoming unblocked through the, the process of recovery that, that is these steps. That's what it is. That's why you hear people on the line every morning 
you know, most days talking about being, being recovered and how their lives have transformed. And that's what happened to me. And that's what could ha- happen to anybody. You do A and you do B and you get C. Pretty simple, but you've got to be willing to go through uncomfortability because when you put your food down, <laughs> watch, watch what happens. Watch how uncomfortable you feel. I know I did. And you're ready to crawl out of your skin. And that's not fun. But if you embark on these steps and you put your heroin down and you embark on these steps, it's not meant to be years. It's not even meant to be months because you can't put it down for months. But you put it down and you embark on these steps, you're going to have a transformation. It doesn't matter what you, how you analyze or look at these steps. You will have a transformation sufficient to change you where you don't need the food anymore. That's the, that's the pixie dust. You don't need the food anymore. But it's not magic. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Larry Kay. If we could all take one second and just stop, you know, style one to mute your phone because there's a lot of distractions this morning. Um, that would be great. Okay, we have Reva P. Good morning. This is Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I wanted to. Um, myself pay attention to the fact that the words Alcoholics Anonymous is in bold print and I know um, from others sharing that they had to pay more money for things like italics and bold. So for me this reminds me that it was a huge and bold realization at the time and it's still a bold realization today that there are people who did what I did, thought the way I thought, felt the way I felt and have recovered. And you know, they have recovered from alcoholism. Recovered is in past tense. That means it's happened. That's the good news, it's happened. Um, I was always striving, I was always struggling, but never getting there. I don't know what there was, but I was never getting there. Um, And these are people who have, have done it in past tense, living happy, joyous, and free. And I wanted to pay attention for myself to the word alcoholism because I just attended um, an event for Overeaters Anonymous on the weekend called International Day Experiencing Abstinence. Um, And I just felt that there was a lot of focus on abstinence, but not on recovery. So alcoholism, to me, reminds me that what have I recovered from? I've recovered from the alcohol or the, the alcoholic foods, reminding me of the allergy of the body, But that's not it, because if that was it, I would not be happy, joyous, and free today. Um, The good news is that we have recovered from the ism, and the ism is the problem in my mind, that mental twist that tells me the best idea I have going is to either pick up the food, yell at anybody around me, or be terrified to walk out the door because we're getting snow flurries today. (laughs) Um, And, you know, to be recovered from those two things, I need to do work daily because as it was shared, recovered does not mean cured. It says I have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. Um, So the good news is I get to keep this, um, but I need to do work to maintain it, and it's going to tell me how how to do this um, so that I can live um, free in my body and my mind. With that, I should pass. Thank you. Yes, and thank you, Reva P. Okay, Leah M., it's your turn. 
thank you very much, Janice, for your service. How many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism? I just want to speak about that word, recovered. Uh, The big book consistently uses the word recovered and not recovering. And the only time the word recovering is used, and it's used only once, and when it's used in that way, it's used to describe someone who is still working through the steps and is not yet free from the bondage of addiction. So the big book uses the word recovered because that word shows a complete change, a transformation in one's attitude, and that's the advertisement. (laughs) Um, You know, if we do not um, utilize that word, how will the newcomer know that it is possible to become free from the bondage of compulsive overeating? The word recovered is the advertisement. I no longer have the illness I used to have. It's true there's no graduation. There's no finish line. I must continue to implement steps 10, 11, and 12 in my life. But the big book boldly states in step 10 that we will be placed in a position of neutrality with respect to our binge foods. We have recovered. Step 10 promises that I've entered the world of a spirit. I'm living in a new realm. My spirit has been awakened through the process of the 12 steps. It also declares in the big book that we're not cured. And that's why you'll find me here most, most every morning at 7 a.m. We have a daily reprieve from the original bondage of food as long as I have a daily practice of staying awake by practicing step 10, which is personal inventory, by practicing step 11, which is continuing to strengthen and develop my relationship with my higher power, and to practice step 12, which is a pleasure and a joy and an obligation to do on this line, carrying the message. So we find freedom from the bondage of food addiction, freedom from the bondage of, of self. So, you know, it is with tremendous humility that I call myself a recovered compulsive overeater. The program of recovery is contained in these pages, a textbook with a precise set of directions, suggestions for working each step, which someone in whom the problem had been solved sat me down across from the table, cracked open this text, and brought it to life based on his personal experience. And the sole purpose of this step work is to find power through the experience of a spiritual awakening, which is exactly what occurred, and as a result of that spiritual awakening, yes, I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Not cured, recovered. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Mm. And thank you, Leah M. Okay, Ripka, what's your la- first initial to your last name? Ripka? Star one to unmute. Hello? 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 There. Oh, good. Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm Rivka, and my last initial is a letter A. Okay. Please go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much, Janice. Thank you for giving service. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, appreciate uh, this time to listen to the very beginning of this special textbook. Um, you know, the story. The story of who? The story of what? Alcoholics Anonymous, well, here we're talking about many thousands of men and women. 
the story hits me because when I came into the rooms of OA, I didn't want to hear anybody's story. I didn't even want to be in the room. I did not. Why? Because I couldn't believe the story. And did I have a problem? I didn't have a problem. You people had the problem. But the story was the facts and experiences of people who have gone before us, who continue to live out the experience, strength, the hope of this program. They're telling their story. That's what's in this book, the facts, the history, the accounts. These are the things that give me hope. I couldn't even get started with admitting that I had this problem, powerlessness. But here are the, here are the many stories and the facts of men and women who have recovered. And, you know, I had to find out that, you know, I had to put I had to put myself into the circle, into the fellowship, where I had isolated, withdrawn, uh, didn't want to participate in life. Here is a story of life, of life, a free gift, if I'm willing to open up and receive it. And with that, I'll pass. And my name is Rivka. I am a recovering compulsive overreader. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. And thank you, Rivka A. Okay, Vasa O, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, Janice and everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Florida. Thank you for your service. I I love the beginning of this book again, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, the story. How many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism? And, of course, I had to scratch alcohol and put food there. I was so excited to hear the solution after battling this food addiction for many 25 years of my life, the hopelessness, the despair that I had, and this was the the last place, you know. I said I had tried everything out there in the world that I heard of, and if if this doesn't work, that's it. You know, I'm just I'm gonna die miserable, you know. And I loved hearing about the men and the women that had recovered. Uh, and, you know, working through the 12 steps. I heard about the allergy. I did not know anything about allergy, the food allergy. I knew about the mental obsession, but I could not stop my mind not thinking about the food or eating. Or eating. But for me, I, it's, it's so excited. Again, the 12 steps, um, there's no graduation for me. There's no diploma. There's no master's degrees. I keep coming and working through the steps. And the transformation, the changes has happened over the years for me, putting the food down, having the freedom of the food, not to be obsessed and thinking any longer about the, about the food. And the isms, you know, going through the fourth step. So for me, it's practice, practice, practice. No, I'm not cured, but I have a daily reprieve, and I don't have that mental obsession and I love the unity, and I love the service, you know, this circle. And um, so grateful for this book to God and to all of you that um, went before me. Thank you, and I pass. Well, thank you. Is there anyone else that would uh, like to comment on this before we go on? Hi, Hi Nancy. Nancy, 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 Nancy,
I hear Nancy R. And then I heard somebody well, before Kelly S. Le- Leslie Melissa W. J. Who was before Kelly S, please? Leslie I don't know W. If it's Melissa J. Or Leslie, Melissa J. Le- well, can't be two people. Let's see. Leslie du- <laughs> Leslie W. <laughs> Leslie W. And, okay, we'll put Melissa C after Kelly S. Anybody else? Thank you. You're welcome. All right, let's just go with those four before we go on. Let's go. Nancy Ara, please go ahead. Start one to one mute. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Oh, well, well, thank you so much. Good morning. Um, I'm Nancy Ara. I'm a grateful recovery compulsive overeater. And um, I'm, a, I, I'm a global sensing kind of person. I don't like details. And it's got me into trouble all my life, uh, not reading the fine print, uh, just looking for the big picture. Let's hurry up and get to the meat of things. So I had, I had seen that, the title page, but I had never paid any attention to it until my sponsor, my uh, sponsor I got in vision, started with that first page. And I was struck by um, the stories of the stories. Uh, storytelling is an ancient way of teaching and it's one of the most ancient and one of the most effective ways of teaching principles uh, because when, uh, if, if you give a person a set of principles, uh, depending upon their learning styles, they may or may not be able to uh, retain it. But when you tell a story, uh, the principles are given in context, and the stories in uh, the big book, uh, everyone, uh, there's always something I can identify with. But when I read that the stories of men of, of thousands of people who have recovered, and my sponsor uh, shared with me that I could become one of those, that was one of the most empowering mem- uh, mem- mem- minutes I've had uh, in recovery. I never knew that people could recover in a way. You know, it, it was like, let's, I, I want to be abstinent. That's all I'd ever heard in meetings, uh, how many days, I, I want to get 30 days, I want to get 60 days, I want to get 90 days. But bringing that most powerful statement, you know, that I could recover, it was an eye-opener. And today I'm still amazed. I am still amazed that uh, recovery has happened to me. A uh, person who, who, was a, who held the, 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 the crown for chronic relapse and that, I could find permanency one day at a time, contingent upon my ability to do a few simple things every day. So I'm truly grateful that people share their stories. Uh, I love going through the stories. Uh, there's always some identification and reinforcement of what it is that I am and what it is that I need to do to stay like I am. Thank you so much for letting me share, and have a great day, everybody. And thank you, Nancy R. Okay, Leslie W., it's your turn. Thank you so much, Janice. This is Leslie W., a newly recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee, and I am so excited to be able to qualify with that word. And I just practically shouted my name this morning because I just, I want to say, I want to give my testimony this morning and just, say that when I got on this line um, six or seven months ago and I heard someone say that they were recovered, I think the first person I heard say that was Larry Kay. 
And I remember like just being so taken aback by that because I had been in the rooms for six years and never once had heard somebody say that they were recovered. And it was huge for me. It was life changing for me. Um, I had always struggled. I had always thought that this was going to be a struggle for me. I felt like my life would be a daily struggle with this disease forever. And it was bondage. But hearing that word gave me something to hope for. Hearing Leah, hearing Janice, hearing Larry, hearing Charles, hearing Melissa C., hearing, um, uh, I think it's, um, I can't remember her name at the moment, but it's, it's, just, it's just the fact that these people are, are here and, t- and testifying to the fact that you can recover from this disease. You can achieve a permanent recovery based upon the maintenance of your daily solution, daily spiritual condition. It's Kim G. I was thinking about, and and I just want to say that I am I am proof of that. You know, I mean, I'm trudging this road. Um, I got two little kids at home, and I get in my eleventh step when I can get it, and that's okay. As long as I get it in, it's okay. I do my 10th step, you know, as soon as I know that I need to do it, I call somebody, I do what I need to do, I take action today, and that is so different from where I was before. I just stayed in the muck. I stayed in that just constant place of just struggling, and it it was amazing to me when my husband noticed a change in me, and I told him that it's because I heard recovered and that was huge for me and it made the world of difference for me and I just wanted to say I'm so grateful for vision and I'm so grateful to people on this line who keep coming back to say that and to tell that story thank you and I pass Mm. and thank you so much Leslie W okay Kelly S it's your turn hey Janice it's Kelly S in Oklahoma recovered compulsive overeater um well that last um person who shared basically kind of said what I wanted to say, except a little bit different. Of course, I always have to be a little bit different. So um, when I started listening to this program or to this meeting um, about almost four years ago, um, I'd been around this program over 30 years and was pretty sure I was the terminally unique one who wasn't going to get it. And when I started listening to it, it was because I had pretty much given up hope and it was actually convenient. I'd listen to it while I was driving because I didn't know what else to do, you know. Um, like I said, I've been around for over 30 years, and um, in my terminal neatness, unlike most of you guys that I, I swear I'd heard, I had never, ever been able to put together a year. In this program, 30 years, and I couldn't put together a year. So I listened, and I started hearing the word recovered. And unlike the speaker or the, the person who shared a minute ago, that did not give me hope. I was like, uh, what the hell? I'm sorry. You can't say recovered. That's like sacrilegious. We say recovering here. What the heck do these people think they have that they can say recovered? And so let me tell you why it's so important. This meeting alone today is an example. I'm listening to everybody share about the word recovered from the big book, written in the big book, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. We lost this whole idea in OA over all these years. It's gotten so watered down. I mean, we're doing this big book a disservice. This is why the first 164 pages have never changed. 
because this is what works. And so what are they promising? What I didn't understand is we only have, we are, we're only, we're never cured of our compulsive overeating. But what are we recovered from? A seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's what I didn't get. In the 30 years I was here, what I didn't hear was that we, what the problem isn't food. My problem is life. Food's been my solution. And somebody else shared this. We are getting recovered from our ism, from that physical allergy by putting down the food in that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, which, you know, my mind, that mental obsession that drove me back, this program is teaching me how to live life and get a spiritual relationship with a higher power so that I don't have to pick up food. So food isn't my solution. Food, drugs, sex, relationships, whatever. It's teaching me how to do life. At, you know, I'm 54, and for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm growing up, and I have a relationship with God. And, you know, I have close to two years of abstinence, and, which may not sound like a lot to some of you guys, but like I said, I never put together a year. I've given up hope. And when I hear you guys share I'm recovered now and read it out of the big book and explain in the big book what that meant, now I get it. And today, by listening to this program and working this program out of the book like it was meant to be done, I can actually say that word. And now I can understand it. And so I'm so grateful I started listening. And I'm grateful that I was hopeless and felt like there was nowhere else to be but listening to this meeting. And so thank God. So I think we just, and I'm going to wrap up. My time is over. I just want to say I think it's important that we share on that word recovered um, in the meetings we go to and stand behind it and show it in the big book. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Kelly S. Okay, Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered in New York. And um, I'm, I'm laughing because it seems like everybody said what, what I was thinking. Um, you know, when I first started listening um, and I heard the word recovered, there were like two things that went through my mind. One was how dare people say that like like the person had said before we don't say that word in OA you know that's like arrogant to me um and um and yet I was so excited when I heard it and I remember asking you know in the second hour when I started listening I asked what does that mean um and how do you know when you're recovered and I was given you know and I was given the answer um, and then I was, you know, called afterwards by loads of other people who wanted to share more about what that word meant. And, you know, and so, yeah, in my face-to-face meetings, I never heard the word recovered. I heard recovering. Um, and I heard, um, I also heard at my face-to-face meetings people who said, who didn't necessarily identify themselves as compulsive overeaters, but as um, people who eat compulsively. And, um, and there's a difference. You know, when I, hear, when I hear here, you know, alcoholism or a compulsive overeater, yeah, um, there's a, a true identification yeah. that this is the oh, disease yeah. I have. And um, <laughs> I hear a lot of background noise. Yeah, oh. <laughs> um, yeah for but, um, Please, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Would you please yeah. kindly mute your line if you don't realize that you're unmuted? Star one to mute, please. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to mute the line. Can you hear me now? Okay, Mel- Melissa C., um, please go ahead. I'll give yes, you some more time. Okay. Yes, go ahead. 
thank you. Yeah, and so, um, you know, as someone who was a, a, um, a lifetime member of Weight Watchers, you know, I thought recovered initially meant um, perfect weight. Reach the perfect weight, and then you get to go on a maintenance, you know, and that, um, for me, that is not recovered, you know, because any time that I thought I reached perfection and I reintroduced my, my dangerous alcoholic foods, um, then I was no longer recovered, you know, then I was back in hell. And, um, and so when I think about being recovered and I think about um, there's, there's some of what of a permanence to this, permanence is only achieved by repetition. And so that's living in the steps. It means that we're never done, that I do exactly today what I did yesterday, um, and that I am as committed to staying recovered as I was to getting recovered. And um, with that in mind, you know, I can live recovered. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Okay, we have three minutes left. Who would like to take that? Cheryl A. All right. Mirini. Cheryl A., please. And Mirini, I hope you stay for the next meeting. Cheryl, please go ahead. Thank you. Hi. This is Cheryl A., a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, Massachusetts. This is the first time in about 29 years I've been able to say the word recovered. I've tried to jump in on this line over the last couple weeks to start talking about um, my own recovery. And I have small kids, and sometimes it's tough to do in the morning. But I am so grateful to be back at that word at the beginning of the book and realize that now that's me. Um, I've done this program in every iteration except the one that's laid out by the big book um, as as is the way that I do it now. And I can say that today um, I have freedom from food, but the truth is for me freedom from food came long before freedom from an unmanageable life. And I lived with unmanageability, that second part of the first step, with a kind of um, pain and life destruction that um, I only began to acknowledge as I got into the steps as they're laid out. And today to think that I don't have to go through the rest of my life um, with that kind of unmanageability and all of the incredible side effects that come along with it is just my greatest joy. Um, the prospect of being of service to others of being of service in the way that my higher power has um, designed for me, there's a true joy in living on purpose. And to be recovered, which this program is the um, only way I know how to do it after 29 years of trying every which way, um, I'm here to also bear witness that this, this program works. And I'm so happy for the first time in my <laughs> 29 years of, of being in OM, 46. I got into program when I was very young. Um, I can actually say that I'm recovered today. And I'm, I'm so grateful to so many of you on the line and everyone who's here today because we, I, I cannot do it by myself. There, I can't. I know that today. So thanks so much for uh, letting me share and with that pass. And thank you. Our time is up, but you know it's just beginning because we have tomorrow. Don't get off the train because we're still on the journey. 
a new journey again. So thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for this second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will, Rebecca F., please read a vision for you. Good morning, everyone. It's Rebecca F. from Connecticut, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.